Coach Corey Wayne, and this is my video coaching newsletter. And the topic of today's newsletter is going to be mediocrity versus magnificence. Well, I've got two emails that I'm going to go through with you today. The first one is from a woman. She's been dating this guy for about two months, and she's looking for a relationship, but she's noticed a bunch of little red flags here and there since so she's been dating this guy who she's just kind of casually dating and hooking up with. And she's not sure whether she should stick around and give him a chance or if she should cut him loose and move on. And the second one is from a guy who's been following me for about a year and a half. And so he shares his success story of how my work has helped him dramatically change his life. He went from being in a scarcity mindset and not having very much success with women to expanding his social circle, making a bunch of new friends and sleeping with a lot of new women. So I've got a quote that I wrote in this particular topic and I'm going to go through both emails. So the quote says, you always have a choice in how you will live your life. Every action you take and every action you fail to take matters. You're either moving towards what you want or making excuses and taking yourself further away from your destiny because of fear, doubt or uncertainty. Success comes from continually grinding towards emotionally compelling dreams and goals despite the odds, failures, setbacks, obstacles, and taking action even when it seems hopeless. Patience, persistence, and perseverance eventually will pay off. However, success is not a final destination. For when you reach your dreams, you realize you can always become better and dream even grander dreams. Most people live lives of mediocrity. True glory and a full life well lived is reserved for those few who refuse to settle and succumb to their fears. Why? Fear only exists in the mind of man. It is an illusion. Well, I just watched, finished watching the Super Bowl, saw the Broncos win, Peyton Manning, who is a quarterback of the Broncos, who is obviously a first ballot Hall of Famer, this was his fourth trip to the Super Bowl. And he's 50-50. He went twice with the Colts, won once, lost once, and he went twice with the Broncos. He lost the first time and he won the second time. And obviously in big games like this, there's always somebody that wins and has all the glory and there's always somebody who loses. You can see the look on Cam Newton's face. He obviously was upset and distraught, very emotional about losing. The guy's amazing. Young guy, beginning of his career. When you look at the big scope of things, as long as he continues obviously to stay healthy and stay in the NFL, there's a really good chance he's going to be able to make it to another Super Bowl or two. When you look at the truly great players, I mean, you look at like Tom Brady. He's been six times. He's won four and he's lost two. He won three in a row or he won three early on in his career, two of them back to back. And then he lost two to the Giants. And they, had a, they were literally on track, I think it was 2007, to have a perfect season and do what the, only the Miami Dolphins had done. But they lost in the Super Bowl to the Giants. And then they played the Giants again two, three years later and they lost again. And so on their sixth trip, so it's like his fourth and fifth time, he lost twice, two times in a row. And then if you watched last year's Super Bowl, 
where it looked like the Seahawks were coming back and they were literally one play away. And then you had the, I think it was Malcolm Butler, the defensive back, jumped in front of the pass and intercepted it right in the fucking goal line. I mean, what an amazing game. It's just, so there's always winners and there's always losers. And so why to the, the people that are the best, the guys like Tom Brady or the Peyton Mannings or the Brett Favre's or the Deion Sanders, the Jerry Rice's, the Joe Montana's, the guy or the Bart Stars, the guys that go to the Hall of Fame, they don't let failure deter them. They understand that failure is a part of life. And just because you win one year doesn't mean you're going to win the next. I mean, you look at somebody like Dan Marino who's in the Hall of Fame. He went to one Super Bowl and lost and he never got back there. And that's just the way it is. But you always got to keep grinding, always try to get better. Eventually, you succeed in life. And that's what you saw today. I mean, just a couple of years ago, the Broncos were in the Super Bowl, Peyton Manning's third trip there. And he lost again. So he lost tw- twice in a row. First trip to the Super Bowl, he won. His next two trips, he lost. And if you watch the playoffs, I mean, it was pretty challenging, but he got back there after missing several games this season. And to see him win and potentially this be his last rodeo, so to speak, it's pretty fucking awesome to see that. He kept grinding, kept trying to get better. And it was interesting, I was watching the coach of the Panthers. He's very positive upbeat. He played on the Chicago Bears in 1985. Great defensive player, won a Super Bowl with them. And he just talked to his team and basically said, this is how we get better. We get better and we come back next year. They got a bright future, young team, a lot of great players, great coach, pretty amazing. I'm excited to see what happens with them. But that's what separates winners from losers is they don't give up. They don't let failure destroy them or deter them. Or when they get to a point, because obviously people that play in professional sports are not going to play, you know, you're not going to be young forever and you only got a certain number of years that you can play. And like you, what's interesting is you look at most of the players that play in the NFL within two years, two to three years of being out of the NFL, they're broke, they're bankrupt. And a lot of those guys never make the kind of money that they once made in the NFL. But many of them go on to do really well, become multimillionaires, and a lot of guys made even more money after they got out of the NFL because they kept grinding, kept trying to get better, kept trying to improve their skills, kept trying to learn more, kept trying to learn ways that they could add value and monetize it. Most people give up and they settle. And so what you know, this first email, what I liked about it is you know, this woman's at a place, she knows what she wants, she knows what her outcome is, but obviously there's several red flags here. And a lot of people stick around in these situations. So let's go through her email. She says, Hi Corey, can you please tell me how I can turn a fling into something more? Well, remember, it takes two people to make a relationship work. Both of you have to want the same things. You both have to have the same goals and values. And you also got to look at the history of the other person. And I'll explain why that's so important in a minute here. She says, I met a guy on Match.com whom I've been casually dating for about two months. We were so attracted to each other that we slept together on the second date. Well, most women on average sleep with a guy by the second or the third date. That's just the reality. 
Nothing wrong with it, just the way it is. I only let this happen because I was single for a long time prior to meeting him. So you were highly motivated. In real estate, that's what we call you were a motivated buyer, if you will. It's been fun, but I'm starting to really like him. Remember, women fall in love slowly over time. That's why when it comes to coaching guys, I say focus on hanging out, having fun, and hooking up. And that's what this guy is doing. However, at, for the ladies that are watching, the idea is you got to be able to recognize when a guy's really into you and when he's just out for the punani. And being strong enough to walk away from these situations, especially once your emotions get engaged. Because if you wait till after you're in love and then you leave or you hold out for a period of time, it's going to sting a lot more when you realize that the other guy just can't give you what it is that you want. It's like if you're somebody, you start dating somebody and everything's great and you start to find out that they cheated on half the people that they've been in relationships with in the past. But you're so in love and you're so happy or things are so great and you have so many things in common, you think, hey, I'm going to be different. You got to look at things like that. There's a lot of screwy people. When you learn the things that I teach in my book, you realize most of the people you're going to encounter in life are fucked up. I got a call the other night from a guy I hadn't talked to in two years. He used to work for me. And he's sending me pictures of these girls that he knows and saying I got these on speed dial but I'm being completely faithful to my girlfriend who he's got two small children with. He says he's changed. And I'm basically saying to him, come on, man. Don't you – it's like people don't change. They may become a better version of themselves but they don't change. And he says, well, let's get together and hang out and I'll whisper in your ear what's really going on. Like I know this guy. I know he worked for me for many years. We were friends for many years. I know what he's like. That's just his nature. He's just dishonest in a lot of ways. So you know, I've known this guy 17, 18 years. Like he's really gonna fucking change. He's sending me pictures. Did he send me pictures of his wife? No. He sends me pictures of two hot girls that are his clients. Oh, they're on speed dial. Yeah, and you're. I know this guy because there were many times he's like, no, I'm not hooking up with that girl. And then later on he'd say, yeah, I've been fucking her. It's like, mm. He's an attorney, is super busy and works long hours and weekends half the time. By the way, it also takes 45 minutes to an hour to get from his house to mine plus an $8 toll each way. We've been on two actual dates. The rest have been him coming over to my apartment around 9.30 p.m., hanging out, talking, watching TV, smoking, and hooking up. Oh, so you like the chiba, huh? I assume that's the smoking you're talking about. Or maybe it's the hookah, of course. Nothing wrong with little Bob Marley or little Mary Jane every now and then. And him leaving the next morning, either to go to work or home if it's a weekend. We have talked about what we wanted where the key is to make sure that you both want the same things. You share the same goals, same values. I'm looking for a relationship. He said he's looking for companionship, friendship, which will eventually turn into a relationship. Well, the key is what is his history? I mean there are guys that are like serial monogamous and they eventually – I mean you look at a guy like Warren Beatty. 
who was a serial monogamist his whole life. He dated a lot of women, hooked up a lot of starlets, and it wasn't, I think, until he was late 50s, early 60s that he finally settled down, got married, had kids, and he's still with his wife. I think they've been together 15, 20 years now. But he was the playboy. He looked like Leo DiCaprio. He's dated one beautiful supermodel after another, some of them for a few months, some of them for a couple of years. He used to date Tom Brady's wife, as a matter of fact. Will he ever get married? Who knows? Let me look at George Clooney, serial monogamous, serial bachelor. He's finally just settled down and got married for the second time after for many years saying, I have no intention of getting married again. I'm not good at it. I just have a good time. But now he's married. And what's funny is just recently I've seen the tabloids, all these rumors about them splitting up. And so it'll be interesting. Usually when you start seeing shit like that appear in the tabloids, it's not too, you know, usually within six months to a year, they end up splitting up. But who knows? Maybe it's all bullshit. Because a lot of times what you see in the tabloids is crap. But you can't help but notice them. They're all in the newsstands. It's just interesting to watch those things. And that the relationship develops over time. Throughout this time, we've been hanging out. And I noticed he doesn't really ask about me. So there's the rub. That's a major red flag. Because when somebody really truly cares about you, they want to know everything about you. They want to know about your hopes, your dreams, everything. And they're excited to learn about you. And for a guy listening to a woman open up about her deepest, darkest fears or his anxi- her anxieties, he's still going to love her no matter what. Everybody's got flaws. Everybody's got faults. I'm not perfect. The women I've dated over the course of my life, they're not perfect e- either. Everybody you're going to encounter in life has got flaws. They're going to say and they're going to do things to hurt you. It's just the question is how much are you willing to suffer for that other person before you finally say, all right, that's it. That's just – you pushed me too far. That's a question that everybody has to answer for themselves. To this day, he still doesn't know my last name. Survey says, eh. We do text a few times a week just to say hello until the next time we meet up. One time he came over, I asked about his dating past and came to the realization that he's never been in love his whole life. He is 40 and I'm 36. What a fucking tragedy. He's never known what it like to be in love. Oh, that's brutal. I also found out that a girl from college cheated on him and he was very hurt by it even though he wasn't in love with her. He said it was so painful that he couldn't imagine how it would be like if he did love her. Notice what he, she says about him next. It, Ever since then, he's turned off that emotional part of himself. So he goes in a relationship basing it on sex. So what this tells me about this particular dude is people that are like that, they typically date people. And I've dated women that are that are like this. They date people that aren't what they really want because they know they can walk away without getting hurt because they're trying to avoid getting a broken heart. And so you have to look at those things. Are you somebody that in his eyes knocks his socks off? And if he cared, he'd want to know everything about you. And you're looking for a relationship, but it doesn't sound like this guy's ever had one. I mean, 40 years old, never had a, a relationship, just going from woman to woman. The likelihood of thinking that you're going to be the one that converts him, 
I mean, the odds just simply are not in your favor. You have to be realistic. You got to see the situation as it is, not better than it is, or worse than it is, but as it really is. Look at his actions. Can you please give me some advice? Is there a way to turn a fling into something more substantial, or should I just let this one go? Well, the shortest relationship I ever had, long-term relationship, was about six months. And one of the things that I I learned about this woman is that she never asked about my goals, my dreams, where I saw myself in 5, 10, 15, 20 years. She never asked those things. I remember when we would drive around in the car. We always had to put the the car stereo on either something that she had playing in her, her cell phone or, you know, part of her playlist or she had to choose a station. It was like the same thing when it came to watching TVs or movie. It's like she – and she was a bit of a narcissist in that way. And it's like one of the things I realized after we split up was like I don't ever remember her asking me anything about really getting to know who I was as a human being because she was so focused on herself. That's why we only dated him. Plus she was a, just a, a non-communicator. She literally refused to communicate. And, you know, that's why we, you know, it didn't last for very long. I, you know, and I realized many months before we broke up that things didn't change. It wasn't going to work out but she was really fucking beautiful and we did have a really great time together. Very sexy girl but I want somebody that's into me and that's why I didn't, I didn't stay with her. And you're going to encounter people that are like that. But we still had a kick-ass time. It's fun. I have a lot of great memories. But when you realize those kinds of situations, you're going to say the effort's just not there. So if I were you, I would keep your options open and keep looking for what you want. And say, you know, if he asks, just stay on match. If he calls you out on it, just say, hey, you know, you say you're only looking for sex and you talk about a relationship, but you're ne- you've never had a relationship and you've never been in love before. I want somebody that treasures me and cherishes me. You've never asked me anything about me or who I am. So... I'm just keeping it casual and if I find somebody that's really what I want and who cares about me and wants to know me and actually gets to know my last name. So I would treat this particular dude like a fuck buddy and that's it. And if you're getting too emotionally attached where you don't think you're going to be able to handle it, then it's time to come loose. That's what I would do personally. But it's your life. You make your own mind up. I'm just saying the chances of him being relationship material, he doesn't have a history of that. He's not emotionally available and it's not your job to fix him or make him into Mr. Right. Remember, you got to have the same goals and values. And so it doesn't sound like the goal that you have the same goals, the same outcomes and certainly don't seem to share the same values. So a relationship, what you want is really impossible with this guy. So let's go to the next, the next guy's email. He says, hi, Corey. A year and a half ago, I found your work after a relationship breakup where the woman I dated was a narcissist slash sociopath. And narcissists and sociopaths tend to date people with low self-esteem. I I did an article, I think in the past year, on narcissism. And because, I mean, it's amazing. There's so many people out there that are really fucked up. And you need to educate yourself in these things so you can spot this kind of behavior. Because they tend to, you know, blow sunshine up your ass and tell you how awesome you are at first. 
And then they start berating you and tearing you down and eventually they just discard your ass like you're fucking trash and you mean nothing to them because quite frankly, you don't. Everything's about feeding their ego and all their friendships tend to be phony. They always got to be the center of attention. I didn't realize this until a couple of weeks of research after the breakup when I was determined to try and find out what went wrong. That research also led me to your work. I went about devouring your book and videos amongst many others in the genre of dating slash relationships and how to get your balls back to the point where I am now an expert and amateur psychologist to my friends. That's what I want people to do. I want people to learn my book inside and out and get the help that they need and not only help themselves but help everybody they know who's open to listen to it because a lot, most of the people that you're going to encounter in life, they're not interested in self-help. They're not interested in self-improvement. The majority of the people when they first come in, they're really just like, I just want to get laid, Corey. I just want some fucking pussy. That's all I care about. I don't want to hear about my career or taking care of my body or I don't want to hear your fucking political views or your religious views or what you think spiritually. Well, if you notice, if you've been to my website, it says life is relationships. Everything you do in life is all about your relationships with other human beings. And when you under, what I teach really is what motivates people to do what they do. That helps you make better decisions and interact with other human beings so you can get what you want in every area, personal and professional. It's not just about getting some pussy if that's what you're looking for. I can help you with that, but it's really about being your best self because you have to become what you want to attract. And people that are unwilling to do the work on themselves, people that have lousy success or don't have really good success stories, they've been following me for a while, they go, yeah, I've just kind of thumbed through your book once. I have people that follow me two, three years and they still haven't read the book yet and they wonder why they still struggle. And I do phone sessions with these guys it's like, and I point it out and I say it in the videos all the time but yet people keep booking phone sessions with me and I'm like, I'm still struggling. Like I talked to a guy this past week who was going on on lots of dates but he wasn't getting any first or second dates. And he's like, I read your book 20 times. I was like, well, tell me what you're doing. So he's going out on dates and before he's even kissed women, he's like, hey, you want to go back to my place? He's just focused on sex and getting laid. He's not following the steps of seduction that are in the book. I was like, and I pointed that out to him. He's like, oh, it's in the book, dude. But people will behave remember they will behave consistently with who they view themselves to be whether that view is accurate or not so if they think they know the material inside and out but they have a, that's what I can do as a coach is I can help people see their blind spots if somebody's read my book 15 or 20 times and they're not succeeding they're doing something wrong and when I talk to them when I do a phone session I do email coaching I can see where their belief systems are getting in the way of their goals and dreams and point that out to them and they go, ah, now I see my blind spot. Since then, my life has improved dramatically. I have been an expat for many years and while this is great in some ways, it's a transient lifestyle and friends come and go. I've gone from being in a fearful state constantly about women, my social life and friends to having an absolute abundance. It's your birthright to be abundant. You are an unlimited divine being. That is a fact of science and it's a fact of life. And when you spend as much time studying different spiritual traditions and modern science and self-help, you connect all the dots. And I explain that all 
in my book. But only the people that are open to that see that and make those connections. And those are the people that do the best. They get the same kinds of results that I get. I've slept with many women this past year and a half, met so many new people, went out and engaged in many new activities, and I'm even in a regional men's magazine Man of the Year competition. Fucking awesome, dude. It's your birthright to succeed like this. If you had told me that I'd be in this place a year and a half ago, I wouldn't have believed it. Having you in your videos is like having a coach on your shoulder on a daily basis, giving you advice and willing you to do well, reinforcing good habits and berating bad ones. Well, as a coach, my job is to teach fundamentals. And as the great Vince Lombardi said, who the Vince Lombardi trophy is named after, coaching is teaching. A coach teaches, they teach fundamentals, and they help you see what you can't see because of limiting beliefs or self-doubt or fears or things that get in the way. The reason why people don't have the things they want in life is a story that they tell themselves about why they can't have it, don't have it, or won't have it. I haven't found a good partner to settle down with yet, but my filter is so much higher. I think it's important to point out that a lot of women don't know what they are doing when it comes to relationships either. They don't all know how to recognize a 3% man when they come across one. That was a thing that was so shocking to me. I couldn't believe how because I used to – my whole thing was, oh, I just want to get one really super great, beautiful woman. I had no idea that beautiful women were totally fucked up as well. Most of, most of the men and women you're going to encounter in this world, they don't know these things. But when you don't get the experience dating those kinds of women, you never get past the first or second date, it's impossible for you to find these things out or learn it. Perhaps this is an area you can cover. Well, I've discussed this in other videos in the past. I've sent in a donation as a token of my appreciation for your work. Keep it up, big guy. Well, I always appreciate donations and if you're so inclined, you can go to my website and the toolbar at the bottom of any page of my website, click the donate button, donate whatever you feel it's worth and I will talk to you soon.